We want to go to First Thessalonians today. That's, that's where we're going to start. So if you've got your Bible, we're going to start in First Thessalonians chapter 5. Um, now, I, I've entitled this message, it's, it's called Thoughts and Prayers. Um, I don't even know this, this, we may go into a series with this, I don't, this is just something that God's kind of, kind of laid on my heart, uh, and I, it's been for a little while now, and, and so, uh, just thinking about where we had been in a series called Jesus Greatest Hits, and so coming out of that, um, uh, you know, God's just kind of directing, um, what, where he wanted us to go, and so this is kind of where I felt like, uh, we needed to land today, and so, um, you know, this whole idea of thoughts and prayers. I mean, right now you hear that a lot because if if you are on social media at all and you've just kind of scrolled through the feed, I mean, how many of you guys have just seen, you know, there's people who are sick and people who, who are, they're hurting and people who um, have suffered loss. And so these are things, you know, hey, you're in our thoughts, you're in our prayers. Um, and if you do just a simple Google search for thoughts and prayers, you actually come up with a lot of hits, um, and uh, you'll come up with, uh, if you just kind of search thoughts and prayers, there's a meme for thoughts and prayers, and you've got all these little pictures and stuff that'll come up, and some of them are, are, are um, you know, not great. I mean, uh, just what people think about thoughts and prayers, uh, they really kind of are, are saying, hey, uh, we don't need your thoughts and prayers, you know, and I think uh, when you you start getting ideas and attitudes like that, it kind of leads you to believe that maybe people, when it comes to prayer, people don't really believe that prayer has power and, and, and that there's any benefit in prayer. And so I want us to look at this today. What, what is it and uh, what does it do? Um, if we're looking at some statistics, well, let's, let's go to 1 Thessalonians chapter 5. Let's, let's read this passage. Um, this is where Paul is wrapping up uh, his first letter uh, here, and uh, Paul always, he does these salutations in, in his letters, and so you can read, it's kind of, he, he, has, these, uh, he has these greetings at the part, front part of his letters, and as you read through uh, Paul, any of Paul's letters, uh, he, he kind of wraps it up, and so he's wrapping up his letter here, and uh, this, is, this is what we find. First uh, uh, Thessalonians chapter 5, beginning in verse 16, it says, Rejoice always! Right? Pray without ceasing. How many of you guys, you do that? <laughs> right? It's like, Paul, you, you have set the bar kind of high, buddy. Um, that's, that's difficult. I mean, even the most, uh, you know, avid prayer life, uh, it's difficult to pray without ceasing. And we'll come back around to this. But he says, rejoice always, pray without ceasing, Give thanks in all circumstances, for this is the will of God in Christ Jesus for you. Anybody, you ever said, hey, what's, I, I just want to know God's will for my life? That's part of it right there, is, is that we would rejoice, that we would pray, that we would give thanks in all circumstances, for this is the will of God in Christ Jesus concerning you. Do not quench the Spirit. Do not despise prophecies, but test everything. Hold fast to what is good. Abstain from evil. And so we see here that, that Paul kind of lays out this idea of, of prayer that just seems a little bit difficult to reach, you know, if we're just being honest. Uh, um, if, if we're talking about people who pray daily, I pulled some statistics, and the st statistics that they found 
where they just asked the question, who is praying daily? And this is what they found. They found that 79% of evangelical Protestant, uh, Protestants say that they pray daily. 79, almost 80% of evangelicals uh, say that they pray. Now, you know, whether that's true or not is left to be seen. God knows, right? He knows whether that's, that's true. 69% of, of Muslims pray uh, every day. 59% of Catholics pray every day. 43% of Buddhists pray every day. 29% of, 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 of uh, Jewish people will pray every day. Then you have a 20% that is just unaffiliated. They're just kind of, uh, they may not be believers at all, but they're just people that will say, you know what, I pray. You know, and you kind of ask, who are you praying to? They say, I, I may not know, but I'm praying, right? I'm praying. Uh, this, this was a stat that blew me away. 30%, uh, uh, now it's not daily, but, but this, 30% of atheists uh, say they pray. <laughs> it's like, all right, you know, that begs the question, who are you praying to? What are you praying to, right? I don't know, but I'm praying to something, right? And, and so 30% of them have admitted that, uh, that they pray at times. Um, you know, and, and so when we, we read scriptures like this and it, it, we come to these places and it says, Paul says, hey, pray without ceasing. You're like, oh, man, that's, that is a high standard to, uh, to hold up. See, the thing about prayer is this, is prayer stops when we feel like it's not working. People stop praying when they feel like prayers aren't working. And, and, and I, I get that. I've talked to a lot of people and just said, you know what, I, I've given up. I, I've stopped praying about that. And, and, and prayer, people stop praying when they feel like it's not working. A lot of times, though, people don't start praying until there's a crisis. And, and so if you wait to a crisis to pray, you'll likely have already missed what God has wanted to say in your life. If you wait till that crisis point to start praying, you've actually missed a lot of what God has already wanted to say to you. And so, so sometimes we, we come to this place of prayer and, and we're asking, all right, what, what does prayer even do? What, what, is, it, what is it about? And uh, I want us just to look real quick. There's, uh, I'm, all, I'm, a, I'm, a, I'm a word nerd. I, I love words, uh, and I love to find, you know, the... The, uh, the origin of words and, and what they mean, the etymology of, of, of how words develop. And so um, in Hebrew, there is the word for prayer is tefillah, tefillah. And uh, it is, uh, is this, this Hebrew word. That, now, there's a lot of different ways to pray, and there's a lot of different words used for prayer in, in this Hebrew language, but this is probably one of the most common. I think it's found over 80 different places in, uh, in the Old Testament um, that you see this word tefillah used and it is the hebrew word for prayer and this is what it means it means it, it is understood to be an introspection that results in a bonding between the creature and the creator that's that's what prayer is in in hebrew that's what this means to fail it, it it basically means that you understand it to be an introspection that you're looking inward and there's this bond between us as a creature and God as our creator. That's what that means. Now, see, that's not what we always get the idea of, you know, when we think of prayer. If I, was, I were to ask you, you know, give me your best definition of prayer, you'd probably say, well, it's us asking God for something. You know, that would probably be somebody would say that. It's like us praying to God and either asking God to forgive us for something that we've done or we need something from God. And so we would say, you know, it's more like communication. 
uh, I think that when we think about prayer like that, it probably, we, we see prayer probably like an awkward date. Anybody ever went on any awkward dates? Just, just be honest. You know, I, I went up before I, I married my wife, and, and I found the best. Uh, I had some awkward dates uh, where the conversation just seemed forced. Anybody ever been there? you just like, ah, oh, yeah, I don't even really know what to say here, you know. Uh, and you just kind of look at each other, kind of twiddle your thumbs. It's like, hey, how you doing? You know, I'm eat another piece of lettuce off my salad, you know. So sometimes it may seem like an awkward date. It may seem like a bad date where it's forced. It may seem like it's awkward where you don't know what to say. It may seem like uh, you may get this, this guilty feeling uh, with prayer like, man, I should have been doing more of this or I should have been doing it you know, this way, and it's like, maybe you started in January, and you put on your list, anybody, you make lists, and make, made resolutions, like, I'm going to pray more this year, you know, I'm going to read the Bible more, and I'm going to pray more this year, I'm going to lose weight, I'm going to stop doing things, and I'm going to start doing other things, and maybe prayer was on that list, I'm going to start, I'm going to start praying more, and then you got like a weekend, and you were like, man, I feel guilty, because I haven't prayed at all, right, because we, we let these things, like, we read, we read passages, like, this one in in first Thessalonians chapter 5 where Paul's like pray without ceasing and you're like I never even got started really well and I stopped and so now I just feel guilty and it's it's almost like this this relationship thing with God or this this prayer relationship that we have sometimes is awkward sometimes it seems forced sometimes we're we're, we're looking at our watch and it's like I said I was going to pray for five minutes so I'm praying and you know like minute and a half in and you're like oh man that's well I haven't prayed that long okay I got to keep going you know maybe you're not like that but I, I've, 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 I've talked to a lot of folks and and people struggle with prayer you know I, I've I've been to prayer meetings where you know you've got people who feel like they've got to be really really loud you know and they've got to use big words and they've got to use words from like the King James version this thou us O goddess bless us the you know and it's just like I'm, I'm like man you know, and so some of us, it's distracting when we get around those people because we're just putting our ears, it's like, I just want to pray, and all I can hear is you over there, so please go away. And, and we struggle. We struggle sometimes with this idea of prayer. You know, and I think, we, I think we get it wrong. I think, I know I've approached prayer in a wrong way a lot of times. I know that I have approached prayer in a way that it has been awkward. It felt like it's forced. And see, when we experience prayer like this, it becomes more of a utility instead of an ability. And when, when something is a utility, a utility is something that you use, right? A utility is something that you get and you use as just like a tool. Uh, and, and that's not what prayer is. See, if we approach prayer just like we approach, you know, uh, a skill saw or, you know, we approach it like a hammer or, or a tool that we use, it's just here to, to help me communicate things to God we are missing so much of what prayer is intended to be. We are missing so much of what God intends for us to be doing during that period of time. And so that word tefillah in the Hebrew, it really communicates this idea that, hey, this is a time that there should be a bonding between us and our creator, us and, and the Father. And so, so prayer is not a transaction. Prayer is a transformation. And sometimes that's kind of how we use prayer. We use prayer as a transaction. Well, God, I'm going to tell you this. And so, God, I need you to do this for me. And so, God, are you going to do this for me? You know, or maybe it's even bargaining. Have you prayed like that before? God, if you will, I will. God, if you will do this, I will do this. 
right? And, and we use it in this trans, transaction-type way. And, you know, I, I don't know about you, but have, have anybody you got kids and sometimes it just seems you're there to be the ATM? Hey, Dad, can I get this? And, you know, and it's like, yeah, yeah. And then they run off. It's like after they run off, I'm like, thanks, Dad, for the $5 I just gave, right? You know, it just seems like it's transactions. It's just transactions. And as a parent, you know you want more than just a transaction relationship. You are not here just to give stuff away. That is a big part of being a parent is we give a lot of stuff away. What is it? It, it costs $318,000 to raise a child from being a newborn to the age of 18. You know, that's what they calculated, that a parent will spend $318,000. Anybody, did you know that? How many of you said, I didn't know that, but it feels like that, right? It's like I have multiple kids, so I could have been a billionaire. And, and, and this, this idea of just a transaction, we know as parents we want more than that. And so God, he wants more than that. He's not here just to direct transactions between us to where we lift up petitions and he's like, yeah, I've just been waiting on you to ask me something so I could just give out. And that is who God is. God is a giving God. He, he said, uh, we see John three sixteen for God so loved the world that he gave. That is his nature. He is a giving God, but he's not here just so that he can just be uh, like a, um, a vending machine, you know, that we're putting in our money and we're getting out, you know, whatever we need. And, and God's not a vending machine, and sometimes that's how we approach God, and that's sometimes how we approach prayer is we approach it like a vending machine where we're putting in and we're expecting, okay, just give me back. And we get frustrated because it's like the vending machine. You ever had the vending machine where you put your money in, and then it's like you see their, your chips about to come out and that little, that little circular thing, and they get stuck? And what do you do? You grab them and go, oh, give me my sour cream and onion potato chips, right? We get hangry. And, you know, we do the same thing with God. It's like, hey, I put my money in. I, I put in my request. Where's my bag of chips? You know, where's my stuff? God, I, I, I put in, and it's like, God's, man, you're missing the point. You are missing the point of what prayer is. So if tefillah is this idea of introspection that results in this bonding between creatures, us, and our creator, that's more than a vending machine relationship. See, prayer is not a transaction. It's a transformation. There's a guy uh, um, by the name of um, Abraham Heschel, Rabbi Abraham Heschel. And this is, I love this, um, how he, he talked about prayer in this, this way. He says this. He says, the purpose of prayer is not the same as the purpose of speech. The purpose of speech is to inform the purpose of prayer is to partake. Oh, man, I love that. When we're partakers, that means there's this sharing. When we're partakers, it's not just I'm a taker. I am, I am sharing. There's this back and forth. There's something that goes between. There's this symbiotic relationship between two. And, and so this is, this is what God has invited us into. Not a vending machine reality, but he's invited us into a relationship where we share with each other. So prayer is just as much God, you know, wanting us to connect with him as him wanting to connect with us. See, we were created for this. We were created for this purpose. Acts 17 and 24. 
Acts 17 and 24. If you can put that up there, I want want to read this. Uh, Acts 17 and 24 says, and I'm going to read it out of my Bible. There it is. Okay, there it is. There it is. Because I'd have to put my glasses on if I read it out of my Bible. The God who made the world and everything in it, being Lord of heaven and earth, does not live in temples made by man. This is Paul. Paul comes to a place called the Areopagus, and uh, it's this Mars Hill encounter in the book of Acts. And so he's, he's talking to all these people who are just steeped in philosophy. And he has to start talking to them on kind of their, their level, on their terms and, and their terminology. And so this is very much part of that. And he says, God is not, you know, not, doesn't live in temples served by man. He says, nor is he served by human hands as though he needed anything. Since he himself gives to all mankind life and breath and everything. He gives everything to us. Our very breath he gives to us. Now, there's something interesting that I want you to see. There's another Hebrew term I, I want you to put up. Pastor Adam, can you put that up there? It's, it's this, this uh, term Yahweh. It's the name of God. How God revealed himself in Exodus chapter 3. This is how God revealed himself to Moses in Exodus chapter 3. And if you look at how God revealed himself. God revealed himself with these Hebrew letters. It's basically uh, the Hebrew language is, is made up of all these consonants, and, and it's difficult to pronounce words without vowels, right? Uh, and so it's made up of all these consonants. So this name uh, is really kind of unpronounceable. And, and, and actually, if, if you get around um, um, Jewish people, you'll hear them, they'll refer to God by, by his, say, the name. Or you'll even see that in in, in the Bible, the name this or the name of God, you know, or, or the name of Jesus, you know, and it's the name is is a big thing. And so it's how they actually keep their this reverence for God for not saying God's name. They just say the name. And so when you look at this, how God has revealed himself in Exodus chapter three, scholars have noted that the letters and this is these are the letters for um, for for this word Yahweh is Yod, Hey, Vav, Hey. Yod, Hey, Vav, Hey. Scholars have noted that the letters Yod, Hey, Vav, Hey represent breathing sounds. And it's, an as, it's aspirated consonants in the Hebrew alphabet. And so basically, when Moses was giving the excuse saying, God, I have a slow tongue. Remember, he gave his, he said, I, listen, I can't speak very well. I have a slow tongue. What God is saying is he says, I'm revealing a name to you, my name to you, that it doesn't even take your tongue to pronounce it. All you have to do is breathe. All you need is breath. And so when you begin to think about this, you can whisper this without even using your vocal cords. Yod, hey, vav, hey. The breath that is on our lips and God, as we've seen in Acts chapter 17, he says he is the one that gives us breath. What did God do to Adam and Eve? He breathed life into them. He breathed life into them. You, you, don't, you may not know this, but you will take more than 20,000 20, breaths today. You will, you will breathe more than 20,000 times today, right? 
And if you think about that, you're just doing something. And have you, do you think about it? Do you, do you get up and be like, I need to breathe today? Now, there are sometimes you have, to, you have to tell yourself to do that. If you start to panic, what do you do? All right, stop. Just breathe. Take some deep breaths. Deep breathe. You know, we, we do these breathing techniques, right? When, when Raina was pregnant and uh, we had to go to that class to teach us how to breathe, right? You know, uh, so, so breathing is important. But most of the time, you're not thinking, I need to think about breathing today. No, you just do it. It's just part of who you are. It, it's not something that you're, you get bent out of shape about. It's like, oh, man, i got to breathe today. And I think what God is revealing, I love, I love, I love, I love this, that what God is revealing is that that type of communication with God, and even more than just, just more than communication, it's this connection with our Father doesn't mean that we have to have a lot of guilt built into it. Oh, man, I put it on my list and I didn't do it today. If you begin to realize how you're created, that God created you, and every breath that you breathe, and you begin to think about that, that you're speaking the name of God. Have you thought about that? That if this is, is what that is, that the name Yahweh is meant to be breathed, And God breathed on us, and the very simple fact that we don't have to say anything at all, but the very simple fact that we just stop. Can be such a connection with our Father that we miss it. And it's like like the the guy who said, you know, I, I was in the presence of the divine, and I didn't even know it. God was here. It was, it was Jacob. It was Jacob. He was like, I was in the presence of God, and I didn't even know it. The fact that when we breathe in and breathe out, that we are participating with something with God, even if we don't catch that. The thing I want you to do is be more aware about how God has even hardwired you. He's hardwired you this way. And if you think about it, the very th- first thing that you do when a baby is born, that baby what does what? takes a breath and breathes. The name of God is on his lips. And the very last thing that we will do on this earth the very last thing that we'll do on this earth is that we will breathe out the name of God. You say, well, I couldn't hear them. I didn't know they were. Did they hear me? they, They couldn't say anything. It's okay. Just by the simple fact, when they take that last breath, it belongs to the Father and it goes to the Father. And so for me, when I start seeing it this way, it's less about me putting a thing on a list and it's a to-do list. And it's more about me just saying, Father, help me to be aware. Help me to just be aware that you're here. And it may not even require me speaking words. But it's just about me knowing that you've built me in such a way that my body will respond to you. That I am hardwired and created in such a way that I will respond to you even when I can't speak. Even when I can't form the words. And the Apostle Paul writes this in the book of Romans. And he says, just know this, that when you don't know how to pray, what is it? The spirit, the ruach, the breath of God 
intercedes for us with moans and sighs that words can't even express. So when it comes to prayer, you don't need words. You need some awareness. And just say, God, this moment, this time that I am with you. And some of those, those times that I've had the most connected moments, I haven't said anything. And some of those moments are in the morning where I'm just sitting there and I'm not, I'm not saying anything. I'm not crying out anything, but I'm just aware that, God, you are here. And I am so blessed. And there's so much that you have given me. And there's so much you poured into my life. So prayer is about who we know more than what we get. Prayer is about who we know more than what we get. The last first scripture, and y'all can come play. The last scripture I want to give you is this. When Jesus was hanging on the cross in Luke 23, in verse 44, this is what it says. And it says it was about the sixth hour and there was darkness over the whole land until the ninth hour. And while the sun's light failed, and the curtain of the temple was torn in two, and Jesus calling out with a loud voice, he said, Father, into your hands I commit my, what is this word? The spirit, which is also translated as breath. Father, into your hands I commit my breath. And having said that, he breathed his last. So even with the model of Jesus that we can see, he modeled this for us. And, and today is, listen, I, I want less guilt for you and more awareness. Guilt doesn't move us closer to God. Guilt makes us frustrated and just says I'm done awareness though awareness brings us to awe where you're just in awe and wonder wow wow God have you ever had that have you ever just I, I, I'm at a loss for words you ever had one of those moments where I'm just I don't even know what to say and it's appropriate because we can sit there and we can be aware and just say, God, I will breathe in and breathe out your goodness. I will breathe in and breathe out your life. I will participate in how you've created me. And this is how I am wired. And I praise you. Because I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Stand with me. They're going to lead us in this song. And I want you to sing. Let's sing together. And I'm going to come back and pray for you in just a second.
this isn't a transaction. Actually, right now, I'm not asking for anything. God, I just thank you. God, I thank you for how you've made us and thank you how you've created us. God, we are aware. We are a people, Lord, that you have poured into. And God, we acknowledge that now. We acknowledge that we are in your presence. We acknowledge right now, Father, that we are surrounded by your greatness. We acknowledge right now that we're surrounded by your goodness. We acknowledge right now that we are in your presence. And so, Lord, this morning we can come. And you don't mind us asking. That's the great thing about it. You want us to. You tell us to. Lord, I don't want it to be a transaction thing. I want it to be a relationship. And so, Lord, I just pray right now, Father, that we see this as a chance, Father, to just come close to your heart. Lord, right now, just even if we're not speaking words, the fact that we're just breathing deeply and we're understanding, Lord, that every breath that we have is a song, is a prayer, is a declaration that we belong to you, that you give us life that you're going to sustain us no matter what we encounter no matter what we face you sustain us and we're going to be okay and even at that moment when we take our last breath it's still okay it's still okay and we acknowledge that we thank you Lord for meeting us here this morning We thank you, Father, for being bigger than our needs and bigger than our problems. Thank you, Lord, that you're not put off by any of that. Actually, you came to know us and get dirty in this world and get messy in our life. So we thank you for that. And we invite you to come do your work. We invite you to come do your work today. Holy Spirit, come do your work today. And it may be the work of comfort. It may be the work of conviction. It may be the work where you are pouring into us. It may be the work where you're trying to get something out of us. But, Lord, we're inviting you to do your work because we are yours. We belong to you. We are made aware of your presence, and we're grateful. Thank you for today. In Jesus' name.